Okay, we are recording, Mary. I'm Erin Warhol, and I'm here with my friend, Mary Hayes Greco. Yes, we're here to, to talk it out, talk it through, <laughs> whatever is present today. We decided we would do that so that we would continue this sense of warm companionship that we have through these times of unknown weirdness that we're in. And we are in unknown weirdness, and we've been in unknown weirdness for months and months and months. And um, I know some people are really wary of it and really tired out and other people are kind of finding new, new ways to, to access energies they didn't know they had, but uh, mm-hmm. there was, there was something in particular I heard this week, Mary, and I, I wanted to talk with you about it. And it's, it's kind of around a, a new, for me, it was a new way of understanding and seeing uh, trauma or, you know, life's ups and downs, or, you know, when things happen, like uh, a diagnosis for a serious illness or a job loss, or, you know, all sorts of things. And the the way that the person who's a um, a cognitive psychologist was explaining it was, as we go about our lives, we're in kind of a territory that we know, you know, Mm -hmm. like we've mapped it out. We know, we know how things are going. We know what to expect. We know then, what point on the road we appear to be on and yeah. what, our, what our destination appears to be. Yeah, there's a familiarity to it. And it's like, oh, I, I go over here and do this and that happens. Oh, I need this and that, you know, and I, I know where to, you know, I know where my people are to help me with this problem. And sometimes, and I know I've experienced this and I know you have too, sometimes things happen and you suddenly fall through a hole in the map. And then suddenly, instead of being where you think you are, you are in unknown territory. Right. And it's a territory in which you hadn't sketched out the map yet. Yeah. Maybe it looks like a blank page, or maybe it's like, oh, this is a whole different map that now has these features in it. And, uh, and what do I do? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, does that make sense to you that, that way of thinking about about I love uh, that. the unknowns. I love that visual. Yeah. And, um, but it makes me think about how, you know, in the end, all of us are sketching out our lives as we go with it. And we're wise if we have a pencil with a sharp point and a good eraser, uh, <laughs> and then we can keep, you know, re- redoing the lines because yeah, that's not quite right. That is not quite, oh, and that happened. Hmm. Uh, but in the end, sometimes we have just abandoned the sketch of what we thought was going to happen. And I have two things come to mind about that. One was um, one, one year I was, I was just in this really good flow, this really good uh, normal kind of year. I have normal in, in air quotes because <laughs> <laughs> normal, I don't know. It's, it's, it's really a luxury sometimes when you, when it could be a lot of other things, but not mm-hmm. normal. So I was in this nice normal time and, you know, my kids were fine and, and my work was fine and everything was just moving kind of gently along. And, and my husband and I were looking ahead a few months and, you know, it's the fall was starting and we were saying, oh, okay. So listen, this is great. This is a great time for us to finish the work on, on my website. And, uh, you know, I really want to get my five-year-old in swimming classes. I think uh, she just needs swimming classes. Uh, and, and, you know, this, this girl here, she's going to, you know, sign her up for this. Or, I know we just had this nice sketch of the fall, how it was going to go. 
and everything was just very stable on the ground. And then we went off to a family wedding um, and we were gone for six days because it was in Chicago where my people are. I had a lovely time, great time, came back. I couldn't wait to just settle in and work on the website and work on the yard and work on the, uh, and take the kid to classes and just settle into the nice fall. And we got home and opened the front door and there was this strange sound in the room. It was like, shh, Uh-oh. This hissing sound and a strange smell in the air. Uh-oh. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you had that sense of, Oh, Oh, this isn't right. This sound, this smell, we go in and what, what we, what we learned immediately um, was, well, our house was flooded. Our house was five rooms and the stairway of, of the, our house were ruined, like really ruined because a feeder pipe to the upstairs um, bathroom toilet had popped off probably like the day we left. Oh, and had no. and had gushed uh, three gallons of water a minute into the house infrastructure for six days, and so the house okay. was like a sponge. Hold on, so yeah, three gallons a minute. Somebody told days. me that. Somebody told me that. Some Mary, some, it's a flood. It was uh, yeah, biblical. It was just <laughs> absolutely, and and that and it was like so. The house was so wet. That it looked like, you know, when you have a sponge and it's just so over full of water and it's just like really plump and leaking, like the cupboards were swollen and, and, and waterfalls were coming out of the cupboards in the kitchen and the, the dining room wooden floor was waving because it was wood and it had gotten, you know, full of water and buckled and, you know, on it went The, the bathroom, the hallway, the dining room, the kitchen the back hallway and part of the basement were ruined. And there we were standing there going, Oh, 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 uh, uh, and suddenly every, the, the sketch was over. I could, I wasn't going to be thinking about taking the five-year-old to swimming classes. I wasn't going to be working on my website. We were going to be moving out on no notice into an apartment that friends of ours had and, and entering a contract management of rehabbing our house for the next five months throughout the winter. Yes. And it was all different. Everything was different. Mm -hmm. I didn't even have like a big enough closet in the new place. So I had four outfits for those next five months. I had two work outfits and two home outfits (laughs) and, and we were all smashed into this one red room apartment and, and we had to like be there the, the four of us and our nervous dog in this tiny little apartment. And it was just instantly changed, instantly changed. And, uh, uh, okay. But I remember in the moment, in the moment that I first stood there in the watery kitchen. Yeah. That's what I'm wondering about. Yeah. Well, two things happened that I think are part of the self-mastery moment. And it's actually, I was a proud of this moment because I'd had, I'd been through so many unfortunate things in my life and many other sudden disruptions. And in the past, I had always kind of felt like, oh, why is this happening to me? Oh dear. Oh dear. Poor me. I, I go right into like this terribly oppressed victim mode. And this is the first time in my life. And it was my 16th year of living unconditional love and forgiveness mm-hmm. that I stood there in the middle of this sudden catastrophe. Flood. And I looked around and I decided, okay, well, this is going to be good. I just like, I took an attitude. Whoa. I'm going to find the good in this. And it wasn't that hard because strangely, just before we had left, 
my husband and I were standing in the kitchen before we went away on our trip, looking around. And we had done a lot of nice things to our little house and over the years, but our kitchen was really, you know, really pretty doggy, pretty ugly. And we, of course we weren't going to fix it because who wants to like disrupt their kitchen? You use it, you use it for all your meals or whatever. So we were standing in the kitchen before we went on this trip, before the flood, we're looking around and I was saying, God, you know, I love our house. This, this kitchen is really ugly. And Fred's like, oh yeah, it's true. We would never, like, we would never have these cupboards. They're so cheap and gross. I know, I know. And this color, this linoleum that she put, what was she thinking? A mustard yellow. Ooh. We were, so we were standing there kind of putting down our kitchen mm. and saying, but we're not going to change it. Right. I mean, who, we're not going to like rehab our kitchen all of a sudden we're too busy and we need the kitchen and like, yeah, but what would you do? If we, if we were going to rehab the kitchen, what would we do? And we stood there and I said, well, first of all, I'd get some, you know, I like hickory. I guess nice hickory cupboards there. And I saw this beautiful green tile uh, at someone's house the other day. And I thought that is lovely. I love that green tile. And we, we stood there, we mentally redecorated the kitchen uh, and then said, oh, well. And then we went off on our trip and we came back and the kitchen was ruined. And so I looked at my husband and from a state of mastery and seeing the good. And I said, well, I guess we'll be doing the kitchen soon, honey. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I, I'm, I'm, you've placed me in your swollen, wet swollen kitchen right now. And I I'm having all these feelings and I, I guess what I'm wondering, I'm really glad that you had 16 years of uh, unconditional love and, and forgiveness under your belt to face that. And what I'm thinking about is what if you don't like, right. What, what can you do in the moment? Like, can, can you kind of even just dig into that? Because yes. It, and let me, before I, before you answer, I want to say, you know, some years ago, maybe 15, 20 years ago, I don't even remember right now. I, I had a coworker whose house burned down mm-hmm. and she, I guess it was 20 years ago. Cause we were both pregnant and our daughters are 20. <laughs> she left, you know, she flew out of the office and went to go to her home. And the other coworkers looked at me and they said, you got to follow her. And so I hopped into my car and drove to her house. And what I really distinctly remember of that just arrived before I arrived at her house, my mind went into this weird denial where mm. I was, I just, I couldn't, I was like, it can't be, mm. it can't, it can't be that bad. Oh, it, it's probably just a little fire. Oh, maybe there's just some smoke damage. And it wasn't until I pulled up onto the block and saw three giant fire trucks with firefighters, you know, everywhere with the windows knocked out that I, I was like, no, the house burned down. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, she had a whole path of that. I mean, that is a big darn deal for anyone who goes through Mm -hmm. that. And I just, I just remember at that moment, denial, like my denial kicked Mm -hmm. in. And I, so that was one thing I noticed about myself. Um, And then it went from there, but, but kind of going back to, you know, your self mastery that you, that you had already practiced and you're in the kitchen. So you had kind of a radical acceptance of what is. Well, because I really had, I'd had a lot of practice. I hate to say it, but I had a lot of practice letting go of stories in the prior <laughs> decades of my life. My husband's business went belly up and bankrupt, bankrupt and, uh, and he got hurt and injured. Um, 
I had several uh, big miscarriages where I thought I was having a baby, but no, I was having a loss, a loss mm -hmm. of a baby and, and health, you know, like life-threatening miscarriage, one of them. And uh, just a number of things that, uh, that happened, I, I, mm -hmm. including fire. When I was little, I remember our house caught fire and burned out our brand new house. We had just moved into it and uh, it was spanking new. It still smelled new and it caught fire and burned down in the middle of January. But I was four and a half and I was a child and I didn't have anything sketched out. I, I, I was just in the present. And I remember my brother and I jumping up and down because we were so excited about the fire trucks. Like, wow, mom, can we get a fire truck? And we turned around and my mother is sobbing yeah. in the neighbor's arms. And she's heartbroken because she, you know, she had plans. She, she had a, a really living, happy sketch of being in that life. And and she knew what that meant. Oh my God, where are we going to live? Where are we going to move out to? We lived in a hotel for four months while our house got rebuilt. And um, that was all because we were children, my brother and I, we were just going with whatever, you know, mm -hmm. as long as we knew where our mom and dad were and the neighbor lady gave us all her new kids toys and, and uh, new and clothes. And we thought that was great. And, you know, so we didn't have expectations. And in the same way, Many, many years later, as I stood in my house and looked at it being destroyed by water, I, I had now really so many experiences of disruption under my belt. Uh, and I had, uh, what's the word? I had healed and risen in my, in my stories again and again because of learning these spiritual principles that I was able to actually stand there for the first time and go, well, okay, then this will be good. I don't know how mm -hmm. this will be good, mm -hmm. but my, my, my daughter, um, who was four at the time, she, she did the feelings about it for, mm -hmm. for us. She, she was really present to, uh, wow, this is wrong. You know, I came home to my house and, and it, it looks terrible and smells terrible. So she, she began stomping around in the water and yelling and she was yelling, I, I'm mad at this water. I, I don't think this water should be here. This mm. is not where water should be. This is not where my, what my room should look like. It, it, I don't like this smell. I'm mad at this water. This water is, is bad. So she was like stomping and, and yelling at the water. And it was just, I don't know, some kind of moment where I thought, yeah, things happen. And on one level, you have these emotions of like, this is wrong, wrong. And the other level, you, you are like, oh, this is going to be okay. This is okay. Mm -hmm. It's all okay. Because in the end, I think as, as things unfold in our lives, we keep discovering the same thing, which is everything is different, but everything's the same. Mm. You know, if everything's just the same, the fall was happening, the leaves were falling, the school buses were going by, the squirrels were hopping up and down the trees. They didn't care if I had a house flood. It was just, everything was the same, but for us, everything was different, but it's only because we have these uh, plans or expectations or sketches mm -hmm. in our mind of what we think our life is supposed to be, yeah. that, it, that it seems wrong, but we have to have our feelings about it. And in that case, in the, in the watery case, my daughter did the feelings. <laughs> Sounds really funny. I did the wow. spirit. I did the spiritual curiosity. I did like, okay, well, what's this going to be then? And in the end, our house got brought back in greater 
um, beauty. We, you know, we redid the electrical and we put in air conditioning and we painted everything. And we, you know, we, we upgraded the house and it was all paid for um, by insurance because it wasn't our fault or it was mm-hmm. a house accident, but we got to redecorate that kitchen <laughs> in, in a way that pleased us. So um, I, in, in that, in that moment, I decided, you know what, it's going to be good. We'll discover how it's good. And then, well, we and did. yeah, it's, it, that's a great story, Mary. Thank you. That's <laughs> amazing. Um, I, I had an, an experience this week where, you know, we've been talking about social media and, 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 you know, whether it's just terrible or not, but this actually was a really good social media story where, um, something came into my feed that was, Hey, Aaron, do you remember this from six years ago? (laughs) And it was a picture of a beautiful sunset over Lake Michigan. And it took me immediately back to a weekend that I spent there with my sister And there were some things going on that were challenging for her. And, you know, there were some unknowns. And what I remembered by seeing that picture was that as we, as we had been spending time together and and things were going on that, that we didn't prefer and things were going on that we didn't know how it was going to turn out. um, Nature all around us was just having none of it. <laughs> and didn't care. Yeah. It, it was just dispassionately <laughs> beautiful. Exactly. And and it really was stunning and it 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 actually helped quite a bit to be um to have all these beautiful displays. It was that was just one sunset. I think there were, you know, every night they you know, mother nature was out doing herself and uh mm. we just looked at each other like, "Oh, can you even believe this?" Um right. But so that it's sort of like so if we're if we're trying to really focus on the tools and tools that might help somebody who doesn't, who maybe is in a different part on their path of self-mastery, what would you say are like the key things? I, I mean, I, I would think, you know, breathing, sleeping, eating, right? <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> How do you go and down the list? That is really the gift of our crazy times. Mm-hmm. There's been so uh, much disruption for so many people all at once and mm-hmm. so much struggle for, um, for mental health that there's just lots of discussions have happened around yeah. how do we do this? How do we do this? What's mm-hmm. the key? And um, so, yeah. So let me reflect on that a little bit. Um, well, and I'll just add in that, you know, there's the whole uh, complexity problem of everything changing and becoming complicated or no, in a new way or things falling apart. And then there's also trauma. I mean, a lot of people have been going through trauma and learning about trauma and learning about trauma reactions right now. So you, you're hearing that. I mean, I just, I'm hearing it everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you are too, but, but yes, I am. And I, I think it's just, there's it's just a great awakening mm-hmm. going on around in psychology and about around mental health and around trauma and, and different facets of trauma. And also um, just back to uh, how do we do a day? How do Mm. we do uh, a day in which everything is different? We've fallen through the map and we we aren't in that map now. What do we, what do we do? So um, I'm, I'm thinking about moments that I've been in 
like that where, for instance, my husband called me up on the phone after his business had been struggling for a long time and it was looking just kind of bleaker and bleaker and like probably we might have to close the doors. Oh my God, what does that mean? Uh, and I just remember that phone call when he was saying, well, well, it's, it's here. We, we have to close it. We have to stop this. We can't make it. This business can't make it. I'm, I'm going to be meeting with everyone today and telling them that we're, we're closing. And uh, I remember just after I hung up the phone, just standing in the hallway and looking around at my house, looking at the walls and the ceiling and the light and the, and thinking, okay, wow, that's our, our income. That's our bread and butter. That's his role. I've been home with the child and cooking and he's been going out trying to make this little ship go where we thought it would go and it didn't, the ship sank. What's next? And, and in these times, I, I've had a number of these moments in these times, I think there's a moment where you decide something decides, am I going into denial? Am I going to disconnect from myself, dissociate in a way. Uh, this is too traumatic. I can't deal with it. I'm going to just go, you know, smoke something or drink something <laughs> or, or am I going to have a lot of feelings and call up friends and cry and shout or what? And in, the, in these moments, I have found that my soul comes present and, and, I, and if I can go with that, my soul comes present. Suddenly I'm just standing there or sitting there and there's a great quiet that gathers around me. This is before I go into other choices <laughs> of response, but a great quiet that gathers around me, a great presence. And I'm like, I'm present. I'm looking at, looking at the day. I'm looking at the air in, in my house and thinking, okay. Now what? And in, in those moments, I think I've learned to take that breath, uh, to take that breath and then take another one and then take another one. And, and to try and attend to uh, the, the peace that's there. There's actually peace all around us all the time that we are actually not feeling because we're busy being dramatic humans but in those <laughs> moments where something has broken and fallen away before all the other like busyness comes along and new appointments and new this and new that before that happens there is a a moment of peace that we can root into mm. and and with that next breath say okay i don't know what happens next generally, but I know right now what happens next. Right now I have to go out to the car and go pick up the child from school and bring her home and make sure she has a snack pretty soon. And that's what I have to do now is like the next thing. So I think in these times, um, there are opportunities in a way to practice presence, to pick up the spiritual practice of presence. And I'll just share one more little story regarding that and see what then see what you're thinking about. Uh, 
one year, my husband went to uh, get a general checkup at the doctor and had, had a few tests to check this and that. And the doctor came very somberly into the room and said, I'm so sorry, but looks like maybe you have bone cancer. Oh, I'm my. So- right, right. And Fred said, like, the world just stopped. Everything that he had been doing up to that minute that was so important just, like, dropped away. And he's looking at this man, this doctor, and he's thinking, I have bone cancer? That sort of looks like you're on your way out of here when you hear something like that. It's a pretty serious diagnosis. Fred comes home and he's telling me, oh, my God, I think I have bone cancer. And we're just sitting there in our quiet living room, holding hands and breathing and just trying to take it in. And then, you know, these tests were going to be run and whatever. We spent a whole week with an amazing developing intimacy and uh, preciousness around every minute because Fred had bone cancer. And at the end of the week, the doctor realized he had made a big mistake. And I don't know if he was reading someone else's test. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I mean, it was like a big mistake. It wasn't true. Fred did not have bone cancer, but, but for that whole week, Fred was having this adventure in consciousness in which he was saying, wow, you know, I, I thought all of this and I thought this was all important. And then I learned I was going to die soon. And then I realized all these things that were important and, and, and not important. And I looked around and the world was just this, everything was different, but everything was the same. I didn't understand. And then the doctor told me I didn't have bone cancer. And, and this was like a really important moment in his life because he yeah. was saying, you know, everything's, everything's different and everything's the same all the time. And it's like, how are you going to, how are you going to be yeah. in your life on this day? And, and that's when he learned a lot about breathing and appreciating and doing the next right thing and uh, sort of uh, minding his gently minding his affairs so that everything was kind of moving along and with some mm-hmm. integrity because he was probably dying soon and <laughs> he wasn't. Oh, <laughs> well, and that's amazing, Mary. I'm so I'm so glad Fred didn't have bone cancer. I know. I know. I, I could see going through that and being really PO'd that you went through that, but it sounds like he found his way. He to thought it was a gift. Have a benefit. Yeah, he said he learned so much by thinking he had bone cancer for a week and then not having it and realizing mm. how much of his experience goes on in his mind, how much of what yeah. is life as we as we think it is, is this like sloshing along of different thoughts and plans and expectations in your mind. But in fact, you're surrounded every moment by this amazing presence of life and the world life within you, life around you. And you can miss it. You can miss it because you're busy making plans (laughs) or being freaked out by fear or I don't know. I, I don't know if I should tell this story, but I, I think I will. And we'll just see, <laughs> but you know, every year, Mary, you and I pick a, we pick a word of the mm-hmm. year, you mm-hmm. know, and actually I always feel like I don't pick it. 
it picks me. It sort of sometime in December taps me on the shoulder and says, here's your word. Here's your word. Here's and, your one word classroom, your one yeah. word affirmation. Yeah. So in the beginning of 2020, well, I guess it was in 2019 at the end, this is before the, the pandemic hit or anything, but um, the word that tapped me on the shoulder was the word vision. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, that's just so apt, you know, 2020 vision, ha ha ha. But it was like, that was my oh, word. Right. <laughs> right. That was your word. Mm-hmm. My word was inspiration that year. Oh, nice. <laughs> so I wondered how that word was going to show up for me. And I found out pretty quickly in, in February when I had an eye occlusion, which is like a little tiny blood vessel in one of my eyes burst. And, you know, there's a treatment for this, but you need to get to the doctor right away. And I did go to the eye doctor right away. And she sent me to a a retina specialist and my son took me and, you know, I didn't know anything about this and didn't know, you know, what needed to be done, but the, the, the doctor said, yes, this has happened and there's a treatment for it. And the treatment is pretty good, but it's a shot that's given into your eye. Mm. I know. And it's so cringeworthy. I'm sorry, but I have to, I'll just try to make my point here. That's all right. Um, I, you know, in that moment I had to make the decision and I looked around and decided I I could trust this doctor. I could trust, you know, it's my son was like, yeah, that do it, mom. So we did that. It was really uncomfortable and painful. And the treatment continued. And creepy, creepy. Because creepy, yes. you can't close your eyes and get the shot. You have no, to open your eyes and get the yeah. shot. Yeah. Ugh. You have to really and, watch yourself getting the shot. Yeah. And 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 this was all sudden. You know, it was all very sudden. And uh, I was supposed to then come back once a month for this treatment. So the next month, my my husband normally would take me to the doctor, but he had a mediation or something and he for his work. And he, he just, he's, he works in insurance. Um, anyway, Jack took me again and it was, it was horrid. And Jack said, uh, he goes, I don't know who you are while I'm driving you to the, to the doctor. You're like, you're not yourself. You're like this pile of anxiety. And, and <laughs> he's like, ah, you know, and I, I was really struggling. I, I was struggling on the way there and I was struggling on the way home and I, I just couldn't understand what was going on. So the next month, um, my husband, Matt said, I, I'm driving, I'm taking work off. I'm driving you. So he did. And again, you know, even, even with Matt there being, you know, his care care cab, I, I still was just having this, like, I was worried we were going to get hit by a car. We I was worried. freaking out. I was freaking out all the way there and freaking out all the way back. And and long about the fourth treatment, I realized that I was, I was having a trauma reaction Mm -hmm. to this procedure and why it was so, it it was interesting to me because I was perceiving, I was seeing things, I was seeing danger everywhere. Mm. I was seeing, oh my God, that car is going to, you know, sideswipe us on the freeway. Oh my, you know, I was, I was just a wreck. Mm. but as soon as I was able to go, Oh, that's clouding my, my vision. It's clouding my perception. This is an unpleasant experience. I'm doing it because I need to do it to treat this, you know, and, and, and not lose vision. And so it's a big deal, but it was like, Oh, that's what's going on. 
So the next time I went, I started breathing. I started sitting and meditating before it was time to go breathing deeply. You know, I, I said to Matt, don't talk to me about anything. Just let's just drive in silence. And, uh, you know, it went better. It went better. And then I think the sixth time I went, I, because I was getting more used to it, Matt thought, okay, she's handling this better. And on the way home, he started asking me questions about what we should have for dinner. And again, I I was just like, okay, I can do this, but I'm really agitated. And I had this perception, everything he was saying, all I could, all I could listen for was, is he telling me that I'm in danger or not? Oh, wow. Yeah. It's like, and I, and I was able to articulate it. I said, you know, I can't track with you. I can't hear you. I can't, I'm, I'm in this particular altered state. And the only thing I can do is listen to what you're saying and assess whether I'm in danger or not. Hmm. And he's like, Oh, wow. He said, that's really helpful to hear that. I will shut up. (laughs) And, you know, so we've gotten with it, but I thought this was actually a lesson for me. Like I, you know, it's, it's not pleasant it's uncomfortable and unpleasant and it hurts. And I, you know, Mm. I would prefer not to go through this. Um, but my eye is doing a lot better and Mm -hmm. you know, that that's all great. But then I, this gift of seeing how a trauma reaction changes, how you see things. It colors your vision. Yeah. It it, it It contorts it. It torques. Yeah. And every, everything looks, uh, sinister and, and yeah. possibly dangerous. Yeah. So I was really glad to get that insight. And so then I was also really glad to leave the year 2020. And um, now in 2021, my word of the year is breathe, which mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. learning a lot with that. And <laughs> yes. But, and mine is trust. Mm, I love it. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm liking that too. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So I guess, you know, the kind of the larger point here about self-mastery and learning from our lives, learning how we can handle our lives. And And that this is that these disruptions, that these things we didn't plan are, is our life. It's not, it's not, not our life. We're not like suddenly lost from our life. This is it. You're living it. And I remember one time (laughs) I took a, a workshop from my mentor and it was a workshop about life purpose. And interestingly, what she had us do uh, right away was do a timeline of our life from zero to now, however old you were, and to, to put marks on the timeline for when you had crises, when the crises happened and, and what did you decide or create next in your Mm. life or learn next or receive next in your life when this crisis happened. And then what happened in your life after the next crisis happened. And in fact, those spaces in between uh, just following certain life crises were actually when you were living the most, you, when you were actually learning the most, living the most and becoming the shape of who you are. Oh, yeah. And, and she made the point about um, how in Chinese um, calligraphy that the, the symbol for crisis and opportunity is the same, same mm. exact symbol. So um, 
you know, we can look back over our life misfortunes and say, oh, you know, who would I be if this hadn't happened? Mm-hmm. Oh, if only that hadn't happened. But you are who you are because you were who you were while that was happening. Yeah. And you, you built off um, a sense of self, off of who you found yourself to be during those times, during those times of, of disruption and um, upset that you, uh, you, found, you found out what you're made of. Mm-hmm. And I think we're all kind of in the business of that these days. Yeah, that's really, that's really amazing, Mary. Hmm. Yeah. So before we close out, I think we should just do a little short checklist, like a list. Hmm. If you happen to be in an unfolding crisis right now. Hmm. Okay. What's the checklist? All right. Stop. The first thing is stop and breathe and embody yourself. Get in, get into your body, get your consciousness down into your heart, down into your belly down into your butt and your legs and your feet, get into your body deeply uh, to feel this and be you in this. Don't leave, don't leave, don't separate. Mm -hmm. So that's the first thing is stop and breathe and ground, ground yourself. Um, The next thing would be to reach out to the the most available or safest person that you can find in that moment and say, Hey, you have a minute. Yeah. Just, I just heard this. I have some news. I have to, can, can you, can you listen for a minute or something just happened? You just reach out to who, who can stand with you, who can listen, who can go, Oh, wow. That is such a big deal. Oh, are you, you know, do you need it? You reach out for company and, and even building on that as soon as reasonable, in coming days, you reach out for a small circle of people. Can you get yourself into a circle of people, a family circle, a girlfriend circle, uh, a church circle, a 12-step circle? Can you get yourself into a circle of humans? Because that is how we um, feel the most sane and safe when things are disruptive is to feel like we're part of a collective something that cares about us and that we can that will catch us they'll catch us when we're falling so so that and then um we have to i I don't know like slow the roll you know like like even if there are things that need to be done soon is like slow your your uh, steps down any amount that you can so that you're staying with yourself mm. as you go through these steps, as you do the drive to the hospital or the whatever immediate task is there. Can you, can you proceed with, uh, with uh, deliberation? <laughs> can you proceed with some kind of restful deliberation, even though there's a crisis afoot because you want to bring your whole self there with all of their resources. The next thing is, is intuition. Sometimes you just, you just have to be in a situation where you don't know the next thing until you do. And, and then you get some little hunch, a little intuition about what, what needs to happen next. That's going Mm. to um, bring you forward and, and, uh, and really attending to attending to that, that you belong to life. You belong to this great big world that is full of compassion and full of friendship and full of events like this happening all the time, 
all the time. Life is is being lifey and you people are losing things and and having things change suddenly. And that that's the nature of it. We just mm-hmm. we look at nature. We say, okay, this is mm-hmm. what it is right now. So I'm not in the map that I know. Yeah. We don't, we don't know the contours right now. That's okay. That I'm in, in some sense, and this is what you were struggling about when you were um, in your eye crisis is in some sense, we have to create and find safety moment by moment and trust moment by moment and good company with others moment by moment. Mm, yeah. Oh, that's really helpful, Mary. That's great. Yeah. Um, so thanks for talking with me about this today. That This has been really, really helpful. And, you're welcome. Uh, and just, just really enjoy what is quote normal for, <laughs> for as much as it is and for as long as it is. I just, if you're, if you're in basic good health today, really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. My legs are working. I'm walking. I love that. You know, I can breathe well. I'm, I'm breathing well. I, I can see it's, it's amazing. And, and people who are in serious health journeys will tell you, you don't know what you have when you have good health until mm-hmm. you don't, you know? Mm-hmm. So if you have good health, enjoy it, enjoy it a lot. If you have a roof over your head, enjoy it a lot mm-hmm. because it's not a given. It's not, nothing's a given here. So uh, if there's any sense of of balance or center or pleasure or normalcy day by day, just treasure it and um, have compassion and generosity for yourself and anyone else who's in a different moment. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Well, anybody who's listening to us on this conversation, we wish you well too. We hope that this has been um, helpful to hear this. Wish you all the best. Yeah. All the best for your day, your week, your season your life. Um, just, we just, we're just aiming all any capacity we have for blessing in your direction. <laughs> Bless you. Bless us. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks, Mayor. See you. See you next time. Next time. <laughs>